Thailand's fading tourism, we've got a strange conference dress code in Thailand and bare knuckle fighting. Is this a global sport running out of Pattaya? Find out on today's Good Morning Thailand. Could you please take a moment to click the like and subscribe button? It helps us way more than you know. Hello and welcome to Good Morning Thailand, brought to you by Deva Beach Resort, presented by your host, Jay. And joining us from Phuket is Tim Newton. Hi, everybody. Thank you very much for inviting me into uh, your living room or wherever you are at the moment. <clears throat> now, yesterday was a public holiday, Jay. Uh, we were working, but I wonder what everybody else was doing. I don't know either. Half of the office was empty for anyone who saw the introduction yesterday. We were yeah. all alone. And then uh, tomorrow's a public holiday as well, so um, I'm betting the office will be quite empty again today as well. Yeah, but definitely. Do we know what holiday it is tomorrow? I've lost count. Yes, it's the coronation day, so it's three years tomorrow since uh, the current king of Thailand, Rama Ten, uh, very... King Maha Vashiralongkorn, was uh, coronated and um, officially became the king of Thailand. So uh, that's what tomorrow is all about, and Thais are going to have a public day to remember that auspicious event. That's absolutely right. As for today's show, we're going to be talking about Thailand's fading tourism, and we're going to look at some numbers. We're going to talk about the strange dress code a conference in Thailand will be having, something to do with the royals again, and bare knuckle fighting, a global sport running out of thailand more information on that after we find today's thailand news headlines with netty here are thailand's top headlines for today thailand's federation of thai industries has expressed concerns about the impact a rise in the minimum wage could have on small and medium-sized businesses the federation says if a proposal to increase the minimum wage to 492 baht goes ahead it will have a severe impact on such firms the FDI was responding to a letter submitted to the government by the Thai Labor Solidarity Committee and the State Enterprises Workers Relations Confederation. In the letter, both labor advocacy organizations urged the government to implement the minimum wage increase. However, Kriyankrai Tianukun from the FDI says the economy has not yet recovered from the COVID-19 fallout and now faces additional pressure as a result of Russia's war on Ukraine. Despite this acknowledgement, Kriyankrai says now is not the time to introduce the wage hike, as doing so may further slow the economy and hinder its recovery. In particular, the effects it has on SMEs could be significant, as they struggle to manage higher costs. He says small and medium-sized businesses are already struggling with the impact of the pandemic, and if they are forced to increase wages, they may have to close for good. Instead, he suggests a gradual increase to the minimum wage once the global economy has recovered significantly and once Thai businesses, particularly tourism operators, are in a stronger position. The last increase, which took the daily minimum wage from 313 baht to 336 baht, was in January 2020, just months before the pandemic struck. As the COVID-19 situation appears to ease, Thailand is preparing to reopen two border checkpoints in the northern province of Thak. According to a Nation Thailand report, cleaning is underway at both checkpoints, with officials hoping to reopen them by Thursday. One of the booths is at Masod Mayawadi checkpoint, 
located at the foot of the first Thailand-Myanmar friendship bridge in the village of Rimei. The second is at the foot of the second friendship bridge in the village of Banwang Takian Thai. According to the report, Thai border officials are working with their Burmese counterparts while waiting for an official response from across the Mayawadi border. Both checkpoints have been closed since March 2020 as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's understood that in the two-year period since, the booths have been filled with leaves, free branches and bird droppings, with workers saying the cleanup operation took some time as a result. Business operators nearby have expressed their delight at seeing the checkpoints preparing to reopen, with shop owners saying they hope the cross-border traffic would help generate revenue. Apart from travelers and tourists, the borders have mostly been busy with cross-border trade between border towns. The full impact of international fuel price rises and inflation is about to arrive in Thailand after many months of shielding the full impact of price rises, mostly with a diesel subsidy, which capped the pump price at 30 baht a liter. The prices are now set to soar. The government's diesel subsidy has now been in place since last October, but the cap, keeping the price at 30 baht a liter, finished at the end of April. After threatening that the price could rise to 40 baht a liter, the Thai energy minister has now arrived at a new cap of 32 baht, still heavily reliant of a dwindling pool of subsidy funds. But he's warned the cap and government subsidies can't last forever. Most of Thailand's transport logistics rely on diesel fuel, so any increases of fuel costs will impact almost anything that is delivered from one place to another. Economists fear that the Thai government, allowing fuel prices to gradually rise, will heavily impact the recovery of businesses and household spending. The energy minister, in raising the diesel cap from 30 to 32 baht, said that the cabinet will make the rises at the pump incrementally. Now trucking and delivery companies are looking to urgently upgrade some of their business and logistic practices to try and contain at least some of the rising fuel costs. Welcome back. You're watching Good Morning Thailand. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special episode for you today. Our first segment, Fear Not, Tim Newton and Natty Warisa will be back uh, later on to the show. But to start off our special segment today, we've got a very special guest. It's Nick Chapman, ladies and gentlemen, former fighter and current CEO of Bare Knuckle Fighting. Now, you might have seen that word across on the Tiger website. You might have seen it out on the internet on YouTube you might have heard about it but here is the man himself I'm gonna ask him some questions regarding bare knuckle fighting welcome to the show Nick thank you very much good to be here. Thank cool you. <laughs> Nick let's just go right off the bat I'm gonna ask you BKFC just give me a quick 30 second introduction on what BKFC is so is it is it literally I'm fighting with my bare knuckles yeah I mean absolutely like it says on a tin okay it is actual bare knuckle officially we are the only real bare knuckle uh, organization on the planet. we were there are a couple of upshoots now but we literally take the hands and wrist up to this point so it's completely bare knuckle it's not boxing although boxing primarily is the the art that we use mm -hmm. but we we incorporate the Muay Thai clinch as well which originated here in Thailand so uh, we're actually calling it bare knuckle fighting not bare knuckle boxing because different elements of the clinch are legal all right now why did you pick Thailand of all places and within Thailand Pattaya so you operate out of Pattaya yeah absolutely uh, well funny enough I'd always wanted to immigrate from England. I didn't want to stay there. Okay. The weather's just not good for me. So uh, I come to visit a friend in Thailand. He was in Pattaya at the time. I fell in love with the place and stayed. Mm -hmm. uh, when I moved here five years ago, I wasn't really thinking about doing anything like this. Yeah. Um, 
this come about through my, myself, my business partners, seeing an opportunity to bring something new, something exciting to Thailand. Um, and that's how it happened. My business partner owns the, the uh, Royal Cliff Hotel and the Peach event center that we use for the events. So it made sense to, to run it there. All right. Yeah. Now, you know, oftentimes we, we talk about Pattaya and regarding the news, we're, we're all, all Pattaya's generally known for, like from, not, not from everyone obviously, but people talk about the partying there, yeah. people talk about the fun that you can have in Pattaya, mm -hmm. bars closing down, this and that, but you perhaps bring a different viewpoint and a, a different light to Pattaya. Is, is BKFC going to be a global sport that's going to bring the masses to Pattaya, you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's already a, a global sport. It's growing. It's been uh, it's a, there's been an article on Forbes to say it's the next billion dollar combat sport. The the growth we've experienced during COVID has been exponential. It's been huge, yeah. um, and Pattaya is going to be the base. Now, I live in Pattaya. Um, okay, I, I get it. People go and sit on Soy Bacow and LK Metro, and they spend two weeks there, go home, and tell everyone what they think of Pattaya. But I live there. It's a beautiful place. There's yeah. so much to do. You've got everything from heaven to hell and everything in between. Mm -hmm. Literally, um, it depends where you spend your time what you're looking for yeah. so it gets a bit of a bad rap but um, what we're doing with the whole bare knuckle thing is we're taking it to a whole new level it's it's a very high class production it's a very respectful sport even though people at this time don't fully yeah. understand that yeah. but yeah we're trying to do good things with it okay yeah. uh, what, what would you say to the people who might say that bare knuckle fighting how dare they it's <laughs> barbaric yeah, we get this a lot. Yeah. Okay, so those people, first of all, probably haven't been to an event. And secondly, okay, I, I appreciate it's not for everyone. Yeah. Like, you know, people have different likes and dislikes. So I, I, I completely respect their opinions. However, before you start casting aspersions on a sport, it would, be a, it would be good to maybe look into it a little bit more. So what we've got is some of the most incredible athletes in the world that train very hard. This is a very highly skilled sport. Yeah. Um, these guys are like multiple world champions. They're not taking this lightly. They're not thugs. You know, they're very, very good at what they do. There's also a lot of respect between the fighters. Um, and the trouble is that I'm a fighter. I was born to fight. Mm. It's just been in me since I was a kid. I've never, I've, I tried to take it out. I mean, you, you can't. You can't take it out. So what do you do? You know, we give these people a platform to really let this out. They're not they're not there as yeah. thugs and trying to hurt each other, although that's the goal, but they are, you know, they're athletes yeah. and they need somewhere to channel that aggression. All right. Okay. Now, last week I was actually talking about Fight Club Thailand. Mm. Uh, there was some news about it and that was, was a segment we did on the news, basically how uh, they've got amateur Muay Thai fighters yeah. fighting out Fight Club style, as in the movie <laughs> with Brad Pitt. Um, and so, you know, but BKFC is different because these are licensed uh, fights and also you're broadcasting for the whole world. Mm. It's nothing, there's nothing underground about BKFC. No, absolutely not. No, we're sanctioned in 20 states in America, which is, as you probably understand, is yeah. a very difficult thing to achieve. Uh, we're now fully permitted here. Uh, we have all the, the, the right medical checks before fights. Um, it's a very well-regulated sport. But the street fight guys, uh, yeah. I was at an event with them last night. I was at the, the fight club event as well. I mean, they're okay. a great bunch of guys. They just turn up, agree a set of yeah. rules and just throw down. It's brilliant. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, now, you've got an event coming up this Saturday. Yes, right? sir, yeah. But before we start talking about the uh, event, I just wanted to ask, how does one even get into bare knuckle fighting? Like, because normally we know MMA right MMA UFC it's a global sport now for bare knuckle fighting to become a global sport like do you get this get into this from a young age or are you, are you honing your skills into martial arts before you indulge in bare knuckle fighting 
I like that question too. Okay, so you know when MMA come around, it was purists from kickboxing, Muay Thai, and Jiu-Jitsu that went in to do MMA. Yeah. But that evolved into now its own sport, freestyle grappling and, and striking, so MMA. So we're a new sport. Mm -hmm. So people are are transitioning from boxing or Muay Thai or kickboxing to fight bare knuckle. But we think within the next three to five years, we'll actually be generating our own training camps here in Thailand and in the US and in the UK, where people actually start to train for bare knuckle itself. Okay. But at the moment, everyone's transitioning from other sports. Yeah. All right, well, I'll be doing a detailed video with Nick a bit later, where we're going to be talking about, you know, uh, it's not, you can't just punch someone and not expect to get hurt. Uh, like Nick <laughs> said, there is a lot of art, there is a lot of skill into this. Now you've got an event coming up on Saturday, May the 7th, yes. uh, which will be headlining from Lam Tuom versus Vitrilla and Manfredi versus Palumpi. Apology for the pronunciation, she's Greek. <laughs> uh, but you've got men and women uh, fighting in this event. Yes, we do. I mean, the, the female fight is one of the most exciting bouts for me. Uh, you've got Sirius Manfredi, who's a former leftweight champion. That's yeah. Muay Thai with bare knuckles and headbutts, by the way. Yeah. I mean, that's like next level yeah. crazy. She's fighting a, a six times world Muay Thai champion in, in Fanny Palumpi. Uh, it's, it's crazy. These, these girls can really fight. Yeah. So very exciting for me. Mm. And I'll hopefully be there, uh, part of the Tiger team sponsoring. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'd like to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you, Nick, for coming onto the show and sharing us your thoughts on BKFC. And I hope the event on Saturday goes really well. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Thank All you. right, we're going to take a quick break. And once we come back from the break, we're going to return with Natty and Tim to look at today's main topics and headlines from Thailand. We'll be back right after this. And welcome back to the show. And coming back, we've got Natty Warisa. She's back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back. And of course, Tim Newton, all the way from Phuket. Yes, uh, I am here sitting patiently. I'm uh, sitting in a rotunda with a lovely lake in the background. Very, very pleasant uh, little location to be sitting and joining you all today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to give a shout out to Deva Beach Resort for sponsoring the show. You can also visit Deva Beach Resort. It's in Nayang, Phuket, and type in the code TIGER for a 10% discount. So next time you want to come to Phuket and stay at a very lovely resort, choose Deva. That's my plug. Thank you. I thought, <laughs> I thought it did a very good job. As well as Eric Dufresne and Jan Travel Thailand, thank you for being TIGER members and supporting the channel. We appreciate your support. All right. Thailand's fading tourism. Here we go. Tim Newton, off with it from Phuket. Okay, well, this is an interesting situation. Uh, of course, you've got everybody uh, trying to figure out what's going to be happening with Thai tourism into the future. Uh, we've reduced a lot of the restrictions in the Thailand past. It really only exists there pretty much by name, but people do still have to pre-register before they come here. But uh, it's interesting, when you sort of really want to know what is happening with any particular industry, just look at what the financial markets are doing with that particular industry. 
That is what's happening. And here you've got JP Morgan, which have downgraded Thailand, uh, the Thailand equity market, based on its uh, tourism prospects. And JP Morgan Chase is uh, America's biggest bank. It's also one of the world's biggest banks, either the number one or number six or somewhere in between, depending on how you sort of want to measure a bank. But they are d downgrading Thailand's equities from uh, neutral to uh, from too neutral from overweight. They've only got three uh, things. They've got overweight, neutral, and underweight. I have no idea what they mean, but they have uh, downgraded it from overweight to neutral. So I, uh, people in the financial market will know much more about that. But they're basically citing the, uh, the effect of rising inflation on Thailand and also the problems in China, the surges of COVID-19, the fact that they're not looking to reopen anytime soon, and the recognition that uh, some 30% of the tourism market was coming from China back in 2019. So this is just another thing that we probably need to keep our eye on, the way the financial markets are looking at Thailand and the Thailand uh, uh, sort of markets generally. And this is... Uh, Probably a little bit of a, a casting a shadow from J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan telling you how it really is. Mm. Nettie, have you experienced inflation in Bangkok yet? Have you been out and about shopping for the Nettie mansion? Oh, for sure. For sure, the mansion. No, but yeah, fuel prices have gone up. Yeah. So now, typically, when I, what? That's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. So well, there yes. we go. There we go. <laughs> it's it's even more expensive than it was before. Um, all right, uh, Thailand's fading tourism. Tim, uh, what's your prediction? Is it still five years for everything back? How about inflation? How long do you think, you know, the inflation is at least under control, or improved? Well, again, it's not really in Thailand's hands as to what's going to happen. You've got the rise in fuel prices, and there's a number of factors causing that. Uh, of course, one of them is the ongoing uh, war between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, there's also just uh, an, an ongoing problem with inflation and energy costs around the world. And these are impacting just about everything, uh, from everything from what we buy to the financial markets to the prospects of people coming to Thailand, to the cost of tickets to come to Thailand. So there's a whole lot of uh, bad weather ahead, if you like, if you want to look at Thailand's prospects. I would certainly think that, uh, I've, I've said it openly, that I think we've got a, a decade before we can return to anything like the uh, pre-2020 numbers of tourism. But it's just not, it's not as if we're going to sort of go back from where we were again. Everything has changed and the whole situation in the world has changed. So it's not so much returning to what we used to have. It's trying to grab back something that hasn't even been invented yet. It's going to be a new type of tourism. It's going to be a new set of people coming here. It's going to be new reasons to visit Thailand. Uh, and people are going to have different reasons for visiting Thailand or not. So it's a whole different paradigm than we faced before 2020. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let us know your comments and feedback in the comments section below, not on the live chat, or you can do it on the live chat as well, uh, but also in the comments section. What do you think? What type of new tourism is Thailand most likely to have? Uh, and we'll address that uh, maybe later on to the show. All right, as for now, we're going to take a quick break. Once we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about strange dress codes for conferences in Thailand. Did I say that right? Yes. Thank you, Natu. <laughs> All right, we'll be back right after this. Transferring money overseas? 
sick and tired of the insane charges? Well, there's a new product to solve that problem. Try D-Money on your next international money transfer with the best rates and no added costs. Go to dmoney.com. And welcome back. You're watching the show with Natty, Tim, and Jay. And our next topic is regarding a strange dress code for a conference in Thailand. Natty, where so you've got more news on this. Yes, I do. No pants for women. What? No black shoes for men. Okay. What a weird dress code, right? So the 13th International Particle Accelerator Conference, or IPACC22, is uh, about to happen on June 13th this year. It's basically a, uh, a convention where a lot of scientists from around the world gather and get information. They're expecting over 1,000 people or delegates there. Now, what is more interesting, probably more to the non-Thais, is that there's a strict dress code infographic okay. that is displayed on the website or was displayed i think it's removed now and uh, a lot of people have been saying like why do why are there such strict dress codes for women for example you're only supposed to wear uh neutral clothes okay. neutral color clothes you can't wear pants if we have the infographics that would be good as well um and for men you cannot wear black shoes Black now, what? Yeah, you cannot wear black shoes. Oh, okay. sorry, you cannot wear any color except for black shoes. Oh, sorry. I see. My Only bad. black shoes. Only black shoes. Okay. Now, the reason why there's such a strict dress code is because Her Royal Highness Princess Mahatakri Sidinton is scheduled to open the event and attend the first two plenary sessions, and that is why. And uh, some of the attendees have been tweeting online for example this guy says that we're creative academics we go there for to share ideas so as long as people don't wear bikinis or anything weird then we should be allowed to dress however we want to now tim i think you have something to say about this right, what is so your response yeah. no fancy shoes for tim and no power suits for natty yes. i think i'll be fine <laughs> Well, I, mean, from, I just think this is a strange story because uh, I get it that you need to have from time to time a dress code. And I mean, these people running the conference, they are well entitled to impose any dress code they like. The problem I have is that, I mean, these people are physicists. These are uh, so highly paid scientists and they're coming to Bangkok and it's great that there's going to be some thousand delegates. Uh, but, of course, the, uh, a member of the royal family is going to be in attendance. I would have thought, however, that you would just say uh, the dress code needs to be smart casual or something like that. When you start saying, women, you've got to wear skirts below the knees. Men, you can't wear sports shoes. Uh, you know, Steve Jobs wouldn't have been able to go because he wears sports shoes and black skivvies. No, you can't wear that. Uh, women are told they're going to have to wear blouses. So this is the problem. I would have just set a code like smart casual or if they even wanted to say formal and then let the people using their common sense decide how they want to, to dress. This infographic has gone viral though and it's really just made a mockery and taken attention away from what uh, they should be talking about particle phys physics and uh, uh, particle accelerators and quantum mechanics, uh, not the dress code. Well, if they've actually made a graphic regarding this, you know that, you know, someone must have not behaved themselves last time they had this conference. But um, it is slightly strange that women aren't allowed to wear pants. But, but you know, it is kind of, I think you have something to say also. Yeah. Right. What, what I was going to say is like, look, now, 
let, let's let's argue both sides of the story, right? Now, the the royal in this story is being invited to this event. Now, if you went to an event with the Queen of England, you'd have to dress in a certain way. If you met her, you'd have to curtsy and do this and that. And they're very traditional and they have their methods. And it is what it is. If you want to meet them and associate with them, you have to do that. Now, if, if, if a royal member from the royal family is going to come to this event, then I guess they have to inform people and be like, look, there's a really important person coming to this event. You must behave in a certain way. You must dress in a certain way. In that way, they're not wrong. Now, whether it was necessary to be going through all of that and having a royal member at the event, that's a whole nother story, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I'm not going to speak about this specific event because it has to do with the royal family members, but I will say about this, Thailand does seem to have a lot of strict rules regarding attire. For example, one of my friends who is a teacher at this uh, kindergarten school, she's a kindergarten teacher. Yeah. She was forced as a dress code part of the school's regulations that she has to wear a skirt. and she she kind of complained because she's dealing with kids at the age of three, four, no older than five. And these kids are naughty. They would want to like lift up the skirts or they play around. Sometimes she has to dash to the students if they're injured. So she said that this kind of dress code doesn't make sense. And I just wanted to keep it like, yes, there's status quo, but why are we upholding the status quo if it doesn't make sense already, right? Like what's the intention if people are there to learn uh, and the dress is kind of making them uncomfortable, then maybe we should abolish those things. Same with the, the teachers, if it doesn't make them comfortable to move around and attend to the children, yeah. that we should abolish those rules. I mean, those guidelines are a little bit archaic and yeah. people need to revise things. Yeah. Tim, Tim would definitely be upset because he wouldn't be able to wear 90% of the shirts that he owns. Tim, you've got a comment. Yeah, to two things I'd like to say. I mean, thank heaven it's sort of Star Trek or Comic-Con uh, convention because uh, how on earth would you regulate what those people are wearing? Uh, and then the other thing, of course, is that uh, people have been trawling, trawling through the internet to find some photos of other common people with uh, members of the Thai royal family. And one photo, I think we've got it on the, the Tiger story, it's a photo of the then president, US President Obama, and the Attorney General Hillary Clinton meeting with King Pumipon Adunyade, a very auspicious occasion. And there is uh, Hillary Clinton not only wearing non-neutral colours in a bright royal blue suit, but it's a pantsuit. Good heavens. <laughs> so um, the, the dress code, I mean, she looks perfectly formal and normal wearing pants. This whole wearing pants thing, it seems that... Uh, Somehow the dress code was dragged out of some 1950s file rather than uh, in 2020. So yeah, I, I, I think the fact that people are just sort of mocking this is, is, is sad because it does take away from uh, an, an important event in Bangkok. But, but yeah, but it's still Hillary Clinton, right? I mean, she's a very... I mean, she's not a... Not a peasant I was gonna say like a us. Normal, no, I was not going to say, yeah, like a peasant <laughs> like us, or she's not a scientist. A scientist mm. still is, a, you know, a very highly intellectual and respectful person, but he's not Hillary Clinton. <laughs> well, no, I, but at the same time, I, I think just say, giving a, a, a note about what is expected with uh, the dress code, with saying smart, casual, or a, a casual, or 
uh, evening wear or late afternoon. They, they could have really just given a broad dress code. And as far as meeting the royals, she's not going to meet all 1,000 people. They'd have a select uh, people of 10 of the, the, the heads, and they'd be dressed up probably better to meet a member of the royal family, as would be appropriate. Yeah. But um, and also uh, just a note about the uh, the princess. She herself uh, is quite a casual dresser, and um, she is also really interested in scientific events. And uh, the fact that she is actually going to be at this uh, this conference is, I, I think, very exciting for Thailand and for the conference because yeah. she's um, she really pushes hard for uh, for scientific achievement and advancement here in Thailand as a yeah. member of the royal family. I think they could have definitely done a better job with the graphic itself. I think that's what the graphic, whoever made it, has uh, you know, brought a sense of ridicule to the topic. However, the fact that a royal is involved, I think people have to respect whatever is needed to when they meet a royal. All right, uh, we're going to take another quick break and then we're going to take some questions. Uh, Carmel, the voice of God, is in the house. <laughs> so we'll be back right after this. Good Morning Thailand gets up to 80,000 viewers per week and we'd like to weaponize our audience for you. That's right, so if you have a business or a property or even your house that you'd like to sell. Private yacht? Yeah, it could, we could be in space. We're not sure about space. Well, all you have to do is contact us on info at the and you can hire us up to a day or even a week and we'll go to your property and do the show live. Good Morning Thailand, coming your way. Welcome back. It's now time to answer the viewer questions and answers. And in the house is Carmel. Hello. Hello, uh, Carmel. Yes, when Nick was seated next to you yeah. and you guys were talking about BKFC. Yes. Mackie said, just like at school, hardcore. Tony the Tiger 86 said that the taxi driver will think twice about not turning on a meter when Nick is uh, sitting at the back seat. That is very true. That is very true. I was on edge. No, he's one of, you know, normally uh, it's always a contrast to how you look, isn't it? Like Nick looks, he's a huge, strong, muscular man and he looks like he could just squeeze my neck. He wouldn't even have to punch him, he just squeezes. But he's one of the nicest people yeah. I've met so far, one of the nicest yes. guests. Like. It's, it's, a, it's always a contrast, and it's always like that. The, the, the big boys are always the nicest people. Mm -hmm. All right, and another question, Carmel? Uh, the Snipes said, I thought Natty was training for an event. <laughs> <laughs> people in the comments were like, oh, I didn't know Natty got buff over time. Anything's possible. <laughs> Anything's possible. Natty's TV, been magic of TV. Natty's been pumping that <laughs> iron. Iron, yeah. Natty and uh, Tim have the same fitness routine. <laughs> They both go to the same gym. Gym. It's called Curves. Yes. John Peake asked if Jet is in the house today. Jet is not in the house. He is in Chiang Mai. I did speak to him. He's alive and well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, and Jet will be back today, Thailand News Today at 6 p.m. So please welcome him back with a big tiger love and hug. Uh, Jet returns on Thailand News Today. Today. Okay. Next comment, um, Ryan Bishop said that the strength of Thai bot is illogical and Sick Puppy said that inflation will be around for the next five to seven years. Sick Puppy says inflation will be around for the next five to ten years. Seven years. So five to seven years. Yeah. What a prediction. Tim, any mm. comment? Uh, well, as far as the uh, the Thai bot is concerned, uh, the, the Thai bot, just people driving past saying hello, 
uh, as far as the Thai baht is concerned, it has been a little bit higher against uh, some currencies for around the, the last three or four years. The US dollar is still zooming ahead at the moment, so it's not as if the Thai baht is dropping. But uh, the reason the Thai baht does remain strong is because the fundamentals of the Thai economy are still remain fundamentally strong. So again, it's a, a, an issue of the financial markets and the way they want to trade it. But uh, th this dropping of the uh, rating from JP Morgan may affect the Thai baht. It's, things like that will, that will actually affect the, uh, the value of the baht. Okay, cool. Any last comments, Carmel? There are a couple more. Okay. Nick Tessaly asked, if we lost tourists from China, Ukraine and Russia, who are the majority travelers coming to Thailand? If we lost tourists from Russia? Ukraine and China. Ukraine and China. Uh, I think China would definitely have the biggest impact. Russia second. Tim, if we lost tourists from Russia and China, not, so, not that many tourists from Ukraine, but Ukraine as well, where are the tourists going to come from? Is it the UK? Is it Germany? Well, I mean, the, the tourist people always say, oh, the tourism's been in a problem for a while. Well, it's not quite right. I mean, the tourism numbers have been steadily climbing over the past two decades. But the thing is, the, uh, the numbers from, like, Australia, for example, I know there was about 500,000 people coming from Australia over the past 20 years, and that has pretty much flatlined, not more, not less, pretty much the same year on year. But the proportion of, say, Western travellers, just to, to really sort of average this out, has dropped compared to a rise in Asian travellers and specifically the Chinese travellers. So I don't think we're going to see any additional European travellers. Uh, but the problem is that Thailand needs to really target the, uh, the short-haul market, yeah. the, the Indians. Yeah, I mean, you've got 1.3 billion people within five hours of Thailand. That's where they should be sort of aiming their market. Because it's not, the, the Chinese, the Russians and the Ukrainians are, are, aren't going anywhere. It's not just Thailand. Yeah. So it's, it's a world tourism problem, but it, is, it will affect Thailand for sure. Uh, the Indians are definitely being targeted as well as... Uh, is, is it the Middle Eastern? I remember they wanted to do Pattaya, like a lot of mosques and things. You know when you have a thought in your mind for so long and then when, you, when you're about to say it, you forget about it. But you're right. The Middle Eastern market and the Indian market is definitely being targeted. They were talking, I mean, yes, I don't know if it made sense, but they were talking about... Uh, Islamic tourism for having Pattaya. halal food yeah, there. having halal food promoting Pattaya for that uh, tourism and also attracting Indians to Pattaya and Bangkok and Thailand in general so we'll have to wait and see does a new market develop in itself Kazakhstan was I was, was about to say Kazakhstan yeah. was uh, surprisingly having a high number of tourists coming yeah. to Thailand uh, we'll find out the world's changing and we shall mm. change with the world. We should target Cameroonians. Anyways, <laughs> Come go on. on. A couple of comments on the topic of dress code. Stefan H. said that, understand that this is an international conference. I am 100% with Tim on the dress code. And Nebula said, amazing that a dress code is such a big deal to some people. Looking nice isn't really that difficult. Ooh. Ooh, what looking are your nice thoughts? is not that difficult. Well, I think not everyone would feel that way. Mm. There's always someone out there. Yeah, there's always somewhere out there that ruins it for everybody else. You know, like if you send out a wedding invitation and say, go like, oh, the theme is pink and blue. Somebody's going to turn up in neon green, right? And then like, <laughs> yeah. see, that's why we have to put a dress code in. It's not about you. Yeah. This is my moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I guess. Yeah, so they any, have to be. Uh, any, any, any more, Carmel? Yeah, one more new comment about inflation. Eddie MD said that inflation is healthy. However, the high inflation that we are experiencing is in the high end of what is tolerable. Increase in rates and the world returning to a new normal will normalize this. All right. A new, the new mm. normal will normalize this. Therefore, it's called the new normal. Lots of normals in there. A lot of wisdom in that comment. I'd like mm. it to be known. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to an end to the end of the show. Thank you for all your comments. Thank you to all the live viewers, 435 people watching us. Please click the like button if you've enjoyed the show so far. As for now, I'd like to say thank you to Natty Warisa. Thank you. Jay. I'd like to thank Tim Newton all the way from Phuket. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Natty. And thank you, viewer. The Tiger Boys in Black, we've got Num and Chai behind the buttons, and as well, the voice of God. Yes. And earlier on the show, Nick Chapman. Thank you, everyone, for watching the show. We hope you have a great Tuesday. Tomorrow is a public holiday, but we will still be here. We'll still be here going strong, providing you with news and entertainment and just laughs in general. Just look at my face and laugh for 30 minutes. It'll make your morning better. All right, have a great day. See you tomorrow.